Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by regular contributor Daniel O'Dwyer. How are you doing, Daniel? Good, good. Not too bad. Are you admiring my Matty? Oh, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Matty is a kind of... I don't actually know how to describe it, like what a Matty is to people. It's like an Argentinian tea. or I think it's Uruguayan, actually. Uruguayan, is it? It's Uruguayan. You, you see, like, uh, Luis Suarez is a big fan of it. Torreira yeah. drinks it, like, every day. Uh, I remember... The last World Cup, Zabaleta was on the BBC, yeah. and he was sat with like a big, uh, his big like flask of mate and his, his thing, and he was sat there with Drogba and Phil Neville, and uh, Drogba was a big fan of it, and Phil Neville was just like, it's just water. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Neville, always a man of culture. <laughs> yeah, well, that that actually surprised me a bit, Phil Neville, because I remember when he was at Valencia and that he learned he learned Spanish and yeah. stuff, and. You know, he was. He struck me as a man of culture, Phil Neville, but wasn't a fan of the Mate. But anyway, um, well, lots to talk about today. We've got reaction to Real Madrid's fantastic result against Liverpool on Tuesday. We've got Atletico's latest slip-up in the league, and we're going to talk about the consequences of that, what that means for the title race. And we've also got the small issue of El Clasico on Saturday night as well. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of today's programme, though, we just need to remember that Get Spanish Football News show is sponsored by Manscaped, the best men's grooming brand for below-the-waist hygiene. <laughs> I actually have a thing here. Can you hear it? Oh, it's decent, yeah. It's got some buzz on it. Do you want to get one of those? <laughs> you can. Well, I've used this already, though. All right, yeah. So, not, you... for me, not for me, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to read out a quick uh, promo from... Um, Remember that proper grooming requires precision-engineered tools. Not only do a man's sensitive parts require it, hygiene also demands it. Would you agree, Daniel? Oh, it's key. Key for key for everything. Just makes you more aerodynamic as well. Just bomber up and down those wings with a bit more ease. <laughs> Not that I'd be doing much of that, but... Uh. Maybe if you're Michael Phelps or somebody like that, or, I don't know. Uh, but yes, it's, uh, it's a fairly good product. They gave me a little pack over there. It's a big box of stuff and you can get stuff for I mean obviously the, the sensitive areas down there but you can get stuff for your nose as well and I've noticed that with age just I mean I'm, I'm young I'm 26 but like I've noticed hairs coming out my nose and stuff like that that I, I haven't got to that point yet you know that point you, what, what year were you born in? 95 just it's year after you in the it's post coming, it's coming in the, it's next, in the next few months it's in coming. the post Daniel once you hit 26 it all arrives well you see these old old guys that have got hair coming out of their ears and stuff like that as well and, uh, I saw an interview with Billy Connolly he said one day he woke up and there was a big hair just coming right out of his forehead <laughs> so I don't know I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff and I'm de- I probably won't probably won't shave it for that but I've, I'm still I'm still young so you know they've got great stuff for trimming your nose hair race the nose hairs while you're young yeah <laughs> and it's hygiene lads you know like a little bit of hygiene. A little bit of hygiene, better, better yeah. Better than low gene. <laughs> Much better than low gene. Anyway, so that's our sponsors, Manscaped. Check it out on, online. Uh, right, let's get into the, the football. Massive result for Real Madrid on Tuesday night. 3-1 against, I'd probably say, a relatively poor Liverpool uh, side, would quite, you agree? Quite a poor Liverpool side defensively. I mean, yeah, going into it was a massive fixture. Champions League final a couple of years ago and finished the same score as well, 3-1. I mean... Real Madrid were they were fairly dominant, especially in the first half. They were absolutely dominating Liverpool, but they were slightly assisted by a few massive defensive errors. Arnold is just painful to watch. I've watched it back a few times, and it's just that second goal. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a good ball from Cruz, but like he caught caught him kind of off guard, running back. But that header, like he should have done far better. He just puts it straight into Asensio's path, like he. Couldn't have done much worse with that. Yeah, on the plate for him. And you said it reminded you a lot of the Otso goal against the uh, yeah Lugaretz. against the Lugaretz. Yeah, yeah, the little flick was quite was quite similar. You mentioned Cruz; he was a joy to watch, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean that's thing. The first goal as well. Uh, I mean, 
you could maybe say Phillips or Trent could have been in a better position, but at the same time, I think the ball the ball was very good, and that first touch, Vinicius on his chest, just unbelievable, took it away from him, and then he slotted past Allison. That was the goal of the game for me. Yeah. But, yeah, Cruz was, was great as well. It was fantastic. He was like quarterback-esque almost with that yeah. pass. You know, it was like Tom Brady could have thrown the ball like that. You know, just the vision that the guy has and just throughout the game, he, he just didn't put a foot wrong. It's one of the best one of the best performances I've seen. And great for Vinicius as well because he often gets criticised for not being decisive enough when he gets into these goal-scoring positions and, you know, his final ball is maybe not the best and creating things, but it was a great take and great yeah. finish as well. And he's that's two two great performances in a row now against Atlanta as well. He's mm. the star of the show there as well, so he could be important for them in the Champions League now. Yeah, well, fingers crossed because it's uh, not been the best year for Spanish teams in the Champions League. So, yep. Um, just talking about Liverpool briefly, Klopp was in the papers on Wednesday morning. wasn't too happy about a few things that happened in the game. He was complaining actually about the stadium beforehand, just about the fact that they were at this training ground instead of the Bernabeu. Obviously, the Bernabeu is under construction. Um, Klopp's come out with a few few wobbly excuses already in the Premier League this season. That's it, you know. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I mean, he's. I think a lot of people are talking about this kind of stuff, and and obviously the the remark he made about uh, about the treatment that Manny was got. He said that he felt that Manny was being treated unfairly throughout the match. It's important though to recognise that he admitted his team was second best. Um, he did say most importantly we didn't deserve to win tonight. Um, and he said uh, we didn't play good enough for that. That's my first concern, especially in the first half. We, we didn't play good enough football. So to be fair, you probably won't see this if you read the papers today, but he did recognise yeah, that they were, that they were second he best. Couldn't, he could not, to be fair. Yeah. Um, the Manny thing, I think it was a, a fair enough shout just before the the, the, the Madrid goal, the, the Asensio goal, was that he was barged over pretty badly by, by Vasquez just outside the box, and I think it's, it's a legitimate concern that that foul wasn't given, but... At the same time, you know they were they were definitely second best, and they're now faced with a really tough task in the in the second leg. Uh, Klopp said it will be completely different uh, with with no fans there. It's going to be a big big issue for us to have uh, no fans. Watch the Barcelona game back, and eighty percent of that was due to the atmosphere in the stadium. Um, we'll give it a proper try, but it's going to be going to be yeah, difficult. It's always been a massive thing for Liverpool in those magical European nights, especially yep. at Anfield. The fans have been a huge huge part of it, but. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think there's a chance of them having another another magical night in the second leg? You obviously, never say never, but it's just just given the circumstances. I think it's this is the question: is it is it harder? Is it easier than than the Barcelona comeback a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, in one sense, him saying, "Oh, there's no fans," <clears throat> in one sense, it's kind of taking the pressure off, but it is also a it's a it's a factor as well. But I don't know. It's I think that just just given the circumstances. I mean, Van Dijk obviously has been the since he was injured against Everton, you know, it's just the the fact that he's not there, the fact that there are no fans, the fact that they're more volatile than they were, uh, rather than they have been in the last two years. When you look at the, some of the results, they've had seven two loss against Villa. They've also had seven nil win. They want to beat Palace seven nil, and but they've also lost four one against City, three one against Leicester. I mean, yeah, that's not typical results from Liverpool. It's up and down. I mean, if they get an early goal. Two nil is enough for them, but I, I can't see them not conceding. Yeah, they have to concede only one and score three, or they've scored at least three. I can't see them scoring more than three. So I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's the, the big thing is the is the away goals and yeah, you know if they're gonna and they got one and that that could change the tie. But yeah, I don't know. At the same time, yeah, they they did because they looked all right for the for the start of the second half. They looked a lot better. Salah got that goal, and then yeah, Real Madrid again just 
yeah, got back into form and scored that third goal, Vinicius with the third goal. Mm. But um, yeah, will be an interesting one when it when it, when it comes around. Okay, back to La Liga. Now Atletico, we have to talk about Atletico because it's been another slip up from them. We're entering into the stage of the season which is the Spanish equivalent of squeaky bum time, the famous, <laughs> uh, the famous uh, Ferguson phrase. Here it's actually called Luis Aragonés time. For that, it's called Luis Aragonés time because uh, when he was coach of Oviedo, Atletico and, and all these teams, Betis, all these teams that he managed, he used to always say the only time you can really talk properly about where the league's going is in the last 10 games. Um, hasta entonces vendemos humo. Literally, until then, we're selling smoke. <laughs> Which basically means any conversation before the last ten games. That's a good point to be fair. Yeah. Good point. And here we are now, last ten games, and got Atletico sixty six, Barca one point behind, Real three points behind. Yeah. But a Clasico this weekend, so yeah, it's all up in the air. You should have told us before though, because we've been talking about La Liga all season. Yeah. And we we should have started <laughs> start the podcast with ten games to go. <laughs> We're starting afresh, you know, by Luis Aragonés uh, rules. But you're right. You know, I think we have we probably have permission to start talking about where the title is going now. Um. It looks like they're doing their, their best to lose it. It's uh, Diario Ras on Monday ran with a good title. Atletico running out of steam in Luis Aragonés time. <laughs> Are they running out of steam? Wait, is that the way you see it? I mean, it's not, it's not looking good for them every week. It just looks more and more worrying for them. Like against Sevilla, they were they were fairly shocking. I mean, they lost 1-0. Oblak saved a penalty. They could have lost by far more. But as well, if you look at just the last 10 games alone, Atletico have 16 points out of possible 30. Barca have 28 from the last 30. So we're just looking at that form. Barca overall have 40 from their last 42 in 2021, mm. which is beyond the necessary form to win a league. Atletico just seems to be getting worse and worse. So I do worry that, that they're going to drop off. What was that title you, you saw? It was something about a racha? About a, about uh, a yeah, it was Locura de Racha. Yeah. It's just like a crazy, crazy run of form Yeah, Barcelona. Crazy. And it is insane. 40 points out of 42 is, is unheard of. That's... Mm. Well, like after their pretty bad start of the season, like they look now, I don't know, for me, they're going to win the league. Looks yeah. Like there's no stopping them. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's a strong statement, but I've been thinking it for a month, a month or more, I've said it, but I, I do think. To be fair, probably if you went back in the the archives, I think you would, uh, yeah, you definitely said that a little while ago. I said it three weeks ago on the pod, I think I said it to you not on the pod a month or so ago. Okay, I'll, I'll believe you that, that, that you definitely said it to me. But, <laughs> but um, no, I'll like... I'll next week when they've lost that classic. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's obviously, you know, these, these things can all change, but, you know, going back to Atletico, that game against Sevilla, it's just, it's probably the worst start I've, I've seen uh, in a game from Atletico this season. Uh, the Real they weren't great. Chelsea, they were obviously pretty woeful as well, but Sevilla could have been about 4-0 in the first half, even without that Ocampos uh, missed penalty. Another kind of worry for the fans is just the fact that quite a lot of key players aren't performing, and we never want to look for scapegoats or anything like that here, and, and I don't think it's fair. But Saul Felipe and, 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 and Lodi have all come under fire this week for their their performances Saul didn't look himself he actually looked like he kind of had no chemistry with the players in front of him yeah. uh, even with like Koke and we obviously know that not to be true because he's played with these guys for a long long time but they just looked like a lot of the guys just looked kind of kind of lost Felipe was booked after about four minutes uh, I think it was in the fourth minute he was lucky not to be sent off and Lodi was hooked off after just half an hour after that kind of mad period of, of uh, sustained bombardment from, from Sevilla so like key players kind of aren't uh, turning up, and I think something that I think a lot of the Atleti fans um, will be worried about is that they seem to be losing out in terms of the physical side of the game, which is something that 
we're not used to seeing yeah, with uh, Simeone. I wonder, are they a bit tired, a bit fatigued from, from the season? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not a massive squad compared to Barca and Real. It's kind of similar players starting the majority of the games and you wonder, I don't know, they've been playing, obviously the first half of the season, they were unbelievable and now mm-hmm. they could all just be a bit wrecked and I don't know, the pressure of that lead as well. All of a sudden, they're, a couple of months ago, they're 12 points ahead, two games in hand and they start dropping a mixture of maybe fatigue and also it getting in their heads that we can't we can't let this slip mm-hmm. not to go Liverpool <laughs> yeah 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 not to go Gerard. yeah but we're waiting for a spectacular moment with that but I think you know like Gerard's literal slip yeah. against Chelsea but it's been a kind of slow <laughs> death yeah. you know of, of their season which is really difficult to, to see they are still leaders though one point um, but you and I were discussing before the the programme they're, they're running and you know this is this is the, an interesting thing because I was watching some of the post match reaction to the the Barcelona Valladolid game at the weekend, and um, it was obviously very heartbreaking for for Valladolid. I think they played really well, lost out to that ninetieth minute uh, Dembele goal. That's the thing, yeah, I mean that was Barcelona's first half was probably the worst forty five minutes they played, mm-hmm. definitely in the last few months, if not all season. Valladolid were very unlucky with the red card that was not a red card for Oscar Plano the, they should have had a penalty as well from a blatant Alba handball that wasn't given and then in the 90th minute Dembele scores the winner but yeah there was another good uh, good article in La Marca the, the title was Con victorias así se ganan las ligas so like yeah leagues are won with, with wins like this mm-hmm. and it is it is true like that's you could kind of draw comparisons there let it go aren't playing very well they're not getting results Barca who have been in unbelievable form there's a one-off exception. They didn't play well. They still got the win. Hmm. And that, that is how leagues are won. They always say it's that the market champions to, to win when you're not playing well. But, you know, they, they are consistently winning these games. And it was strange when I was watching the post-match reaction to that to that game. Everyone kind of agreed that a big part of why Barcelona fans might be feeling kind of quietly confident about this this uh, league title is the comparative ease of their, of their running. Now, but before I give you my opinion on this, I don't know what do you think about that because we've we've got a we've got a list of the the games that are that are um, that are facing uh, Atletico, Barca, and Madrid, and a lot of people seem to think that Barca have the easiest running. Do you do you I, see it that way? I don't know about easiest. They've, I mean, yeah, they've got obviously they've got a Clasico this weekend. They've got Atletico fourth last game, so they have to play the big two. The other two don't have to do that, and they've got like. Ibar last last day of the season who I mean Barca should be beating Ibar but they could we don't know where they'll be they might need to win to stay up as well uh, Gaddafi is never an easy game Villarreal yeah a good team as well so it's not not necessarily easy it, it, like, it's just just that, that Ibar game it just reminds me of um, West Ham v Man United when Tevez was yeah. you know Old Trafford and that you know it's like I don't know that they've got quite a lot of teams against what you'd maybe call, you know, relegation threatening teams. Getafe are down there. Uh, I would throw Valencia into that as well. Potentially a team that could that could possibly go down. Then then Abar as well. I mean, you could view this on one hand as like you're you're playing inferior sides, but it's also guys that are potentially going to be fighting for their life, you know, yeah. in in this. And on top of that, yeah, Clasico this weekend. Real, we've got to play away as well. Real Madrid's away too. They've got to play Atletico 
not going to be an easy game. And they've got to play Celta as well. And Celta has been a, you know, that's been a tricky, tricky fixture for them in in, uh, in recent season in terms of like how Celta set up to play against them. So I don't think it's necessarily the easiest running. If you compare it to Atletico's, uh, I think Atletico's biggest concern is just their form. The opposition yeah. isn't necessarily that bad. If you look at big teams that they've got to play against, Athletic Bilbao and San Mamez is not easy. Obviously, the game against Barcelona and then Sociedad. But if you look at the other teams that they've got to play against, Wesca, Abar, Elche, Osasuna, by the lead, on this is, paper. This is the one thing I'd say against that. Yeah, on paper, easier games than Barcelona. But yeah, one thing is let it go form, but also, yeah, if you look at six of the five of those teams, Wesca. Awar, Elche, mm. Osasuna and by the lead they're all fighting for their lives to mm-hmm. stay up as well so they'll also see that as oh we're playing against an Atletico team out of, out of form so they a few of those would fancy themselves to get a result and could make a game of it but you're right on paper they should be beating all of those teams yeah that's it on, on paper but the, kind of the fighting for the lives argument I've used it to, to back up what I was saying before I'm totally aware of that I'm kind of contradicting myself so <laughs> I reckon it's probably about 50-50 between those two but no yeah the main thing is is the form like Barcelona yeah have have tougher teams to play but on the form they're on they'll fancy themselves and I could see them pumping away most of those teams whereas Atletico yeah they are playing weaker teams but they're also struggling to score goals and they're also conceding far more mm. than they've than they conceded in the first half of the season so yeah it's it's a worrying time and last but not least Real Madrid I haven't said that many times before but you know it's weird to talk about them as, as dark horses but yes. it's like like I don't know what do you think of their run in obviously the one that stands out is this weekend it is funny Barcelona, we're, but we're kind of ignoring Real as, uh, as it is weird isn't it but it is weird let's say they, they win on Clasico and Atletico lose then they're, they're top of the table or they're behind on, on goal difference depending on the scores but yeah mm. uh, um, I mean, yeah, the standouts would be would be yeah, obviously Barca this weekend El Clasico, mm-hmm. um, Betis as well, and and Sevilla would probably be the big three. And Bilbao, San Mamés is not easy. And Cadiz have beat them this season, yeah, as well, and they've got to go away beat them. Cadiz are totally unknown <laughs> quantity in many ways, but I don't know. I think, um, and then if you want to throw in the argument we used before of teams that are that are playing for something, I think the only team that probably isn't playing for something would be Granada. I think they're probably going to be smack bang in the middle of the of the table. But sorry, I was having a laugh. You look at the other ones. Thinking about Kevin Keegan just right there, and you said they've got to go away and get something. <laughs> <laughs> well, pe- pe- people have said that this season. Um, is reminding them of, of that 95 96 yeah. thing. It is really like if you if you put I would love it. Yeah, I'd love it if we beat them. If you put New, Newcastle Newcastle are basically like Atletico, you know, yeah, it's kind of That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Quite a similar kind of comparison. So, um I don't know. On paper Madrid have got it all to do in terms of the teams that they're playing against, they're playing against I would say quality teams. But, you know, it's just it's uh they've also got they've got Champions League as well, which, yeah. which isn't something that Atletico or Barca have to worry about, so See how they do, and that could be a distraction as well for the league. But they could only have one game left if Liverpool turned it around. They could, yeah, yeah. Probably not, though. <laughs> I think we think we'll do okay. Let's talk about the Clasico. I feel like we've neglected uh, Real Madrid uh, yeah. so far. Nah, I don't really. But yeah, like uh, we should talk about the Clasico. It's coming out this weekend. It's not a small matter. It's probably a big part of where the the title's destined. If, if Madrid win this, they're you know they're going to see themselves as the real title contenders. If Barcelona lose it, it'll be a massive disappointment. Um. I'm going to start with just a, an article in, in, in Diario Sport, which is a 
I would say it's quite a pessimistic view of, of how Madrid will have to, to approach this game. Defensively, they look like they could maybe be in a bit of bother. Um, they've obviously lost Varane. He didn't play didn't play against Liverpool because he has COVID. Um, and he's going to lose this, this game as well against Barca. Uh, and also Ramos won't be in the team either. So Zidane's got a bit of a bit of a job to do. It's interesting, he'll probably he'll either go with a back four or a back five. He's done, done these in, in, in the last few games. The, the first option he has is to, to just maintain that line of four. It would be Vasquez on the right back, Nacho and Militao in, in the centre, which you know you wouldn't say is that they would not be first choice centre backs in the normal circumstances. And then Mendy at left back, you know, he'd be a first choice uh, left back. Um, against A bar, he actually played a back five. He played. Um, Marcelo, he moved everybody towards the right, if you know what I mean, and then he played Marcelo left back, playing a playing a back five. Mendy dropped into kind of left centre back, so they have options there, but it's not really an ideal option. So you wonder, Barca, given the way that you know that they've been playing recently, do you think they'll feel confident? Yeah, I think. I mean, given the way, given recent form in general, I think they go into a lot of confidence. But given given how Monday night was against wide lead, if they play anything like that, Real Madrid could tear them apart. Yeah, but um, no, I think I think Barca should be confident going into the game. Yeah, missing missing Ramos and Varane, I think I think Barca are going to score a couple. Mm. I'm gonna, I don't I know you don't like to make predictions, but I, I fancy a two one Barca win. I'll let you make predictions. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like making them myself because <laughs> that's, that's why I don't bet. But I think a two one Barca win. Sorry, yeah, two one Barca win. I think they'll concede one, but yeah. But then also. Real, obviously, they've just played on Tuesday. I know Barca played on Monday. Not too much of a difference, but European football is maybe maybe a bit of a tougher task, and they'll have one eye on Liverpool next week as well, so they could be a little distracted. Mm. Barca will come in fresh and very up for it. We, we were a bit tentative about talking about any kind of feel-good factor at Barcelona when we when things were going well earlier in the season, given all the off-the-field chaos that was happening, but... I think you can safely say it now there is a feel good factor and also the new president coming in and, and all that kind of stuff. I think there's a different atmosphere around the club. Yeah. The off the field problems have not gone away by by any means, but I think Laporta being back there is just it, it, it does bring something. No matter what you think about the guy, he's he, he does give it's impossible kinda of not to like him, in my opinion. He's yeah. just there's such a feel good factor when he's there. Um he's just a very likable person and he's also a master troll. I mean, he's just incredible at trolling Madrid fans. Um, another uh, newspaper title that uh, stuck out today, El Mundo, which is a Madrid-based conservative newspaper, they've built this as the Laporta Derby. Um, the Barca president has already uh, started the mind games ahead of this one. So you remember when when he announced his candidacy for the, the elections, he put up a massive billboard like right next to the, the Camp Nou, eh, the, Camp nou the, the Bernabeu. Uh, and it said, Ganas de volver a veros. Looking forward to seeing you again. So he stuck up this massive like billboard <laughs> right next to the Bernabeu. Uh, and this week he swapped it for a, another massive billboard with Pedri and Frankie de Jong on it. Uh, they're wearing a, a special, uh, the special jersey that they're going to be wearing um, in this game. And uh, he's, they've put the message in three languages. First in English, uh, can't wait for El Clásico. Then in Catalan, Ganas de Clásic. And then in, in, in Spanish, uh, Ganas de Glasgow, like, you know, looking forward to the Glasgow and all that. And he stuck it right next to the, the Bernabeu, which <laughs> is just it's just fantastic. Like, it's just, um, you know, great kind of trolling. And you were talking about Ramos. Uh, Sergio Ramos uh, responded with a, a kind of similar thing. He put yeah. up a... What was the... Oh, what 
was the title of the billboard, but it was in it was in Catalan. So Catalan, it, but it was, there was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, there was a, it was a ganas de que em torneu a beure, which is the same thing, uh, looking forward to seeing each other again, sort of thing. But yeah, you're right, it, there, there was a mistake. Yeah, in Catalan, you don't say ganas de que, you say ganas que. But has he, has he done that on purpose as a as a troll, or, or is that just a, I don't know. an error? <laughs> it's two master trolls at work, to be honest. Yeah. I think Ramos, like, again, no matter what you think of him, I think he's quite good at winding people up. So you do wonder if he's, he's put up a... If he's deliberately done it, but yeah, the the the, the big thing of of Ramos is in Barcelona. So yeah. He didn't put it up in Madrid; he put it up in Barcelona to wind people up. So, this is the most excited I've been about the Clasico in a while, because that last one, you know, three one was it? Yeah, so on the day I was like, you know, I was looking forward to it and all that kind of stuff, but just the lack of fans. It's like football in general nowadays. The lack of fans. Also, there was there was no what they say in, in Spain is salseo. There was no juicy yeah. kind of thing to like you know get the two going at each other. There was no uh, beef in the kind of pre-match press conference. It was very civil the whole thing, and I think just the fact that Laporta's back now just makes it all so much more exciting. And just yeah. this kind of stuff, this, this beef before and then and then it's like one up Barca because Ramos the man the man trolling isn't even going to be there playing. So it's like. Also true. There's, a good, there's going to be no villain on the pitch, you know. There's going to be absolutely no villain on the pitch. So it's like, but this is the kind of stuff that I missed about the about the classical. You know, it's like we've. I feel it's been living on, sort of the past for a little while because it it has just been a kind of fixture in many ways, and like I like to see this kind of conflict, this morbo that they call it. You know, this this kind of serious like, uh, mind games before the match, and I think it's something that's missing from modern football in general. I mean, if you go to other leagues as well, I, I don't know about you, I don't like watching Man United against Liverpool anymore. Oh, not anymore, no. no I'm not interested in it. It's just that there's, there's no... Or even, you know, United and Arsenal, you're obviously, your, yeah. your team in England's Arsenal, but... No, not since, not since Wenger Ferguson. It's been... It's gone. It's gone. So, I mean, like, I, I like... Keen. <laughs> I like this back. And, and if it's taken a Barca president, if it's taken somebody off the field to do it, yeah. uh, you know, fine. You know, whatever. And, you, and Ramos is going to be off the field as well, so... I'm I'm a big fan of all this stuff, so I'm officially excited about the classical um, that's going to be on. Um, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, at the weekend. Very good. Um, just before we move on to the the preview, Haaland. Now he's been in the Spanish press a lot recently. Why has Haaland been in, in the press? Yeah, well, his agent Mino Raiola and his dad Alfinch Haaland, City and Leeds man, have been doing the rounds in Spain. They met with Joan Laporta again last. Uh, they met last Thursday to discuss a potential move but uh, it's not it's not really one that I can see happen reports came out as well that each Raiola and Alfinge's dad were demanding 20 million each for, for the deal as well and it was going to be about 30 million a year in salary for, for Alland and Dortmund are looking for 150 to 175 so it's just I can't see a way that that, uh, that Barca can fork up that amount fork out that amount of money mm, yeah. but um, they met with Real as well on the same day apparently and uh, then there was there was rumours going around well not rumours there was a story in 442 mm. saying that Real were only expressing interest to bump up the price for, for Barcelona and that they're not actually going to fork out that amount of money for Haaland that, that Mbappe is the long term long term transfer target yeah I don't know what do you, what do you make of that I just love it like, I love that this is back now I mean it's not like this kind of it's not sterilised stuff like, I love that, that this idea and it's from 442 magazine which yeah. is a that's a respectable publication so you know we'll go with that uh, 
I don't know. We can't read anything into it about about that particular rumor, but it's interesting to see where it'll go. Given the financial situation of, of of both clubs, I don't know if either of them is in a position to pay the amount of money that you've just spoken about. Barca, because we know the the level of debt that they have, they would have to sell somebody. Yeah. Um. I think they're going to have to sell players no matter what. Anyway, just because of the size of their debts. That being said, as well, I should I should come out. I should say that uh, Raiola has come out and said that was fake news. He declared it as about oh, really? twenty million for each of those. So, all oh, right, okay. I can't say that's definitely true. Still, though, I mean, it's, it's going to be pricey. Yeah, 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 it's going to be pricey. And but, like, also, you know, Madrid have we've mentioned this a few times before because of the the reconstruction on the on the on the Bernabeu Stadium and stuff like that. That's a lot of money that that's cost. And they've been basically trying not to spend too much uh, money. Zidane has been asked about this repeatedly in press conferences and he always just says, like, we're not looking to send anybody at the moment because he's, his hands are fairly tied with it. Yeah. Um, that has been a lot of money. Like, I think people underestimate how expensive it is to build a roof, like, to, to do these kind of um, building works on the, on the roundabout. It's been a lot of money. So they're trying to operate almost at a kind of zero cost you throw into that the, the pandemic situation as well I mean, how much money have they lost because of that they're, they're, not, they're not running on full capacity so I don't know I think there would need to be some kind of negotiations before this happens yeah and even off the, off the financial side of things could you see Haaland as more of a, a Barca or a Real man strikes me as more of a Real man yeah I don't know yeah he's, he said himself his preference would be Real but he is kind of that, that big man striker that, that Real have always had yeah, he's, he's always got, you know what, in the same way that I always viewed Ibrahimovic as more of a, a Real Madrid guy yeah. than a Barcelona guy. And I don't know, it's not like I know everything, but yeah, at Barcelona it, it didn't, didn't quite... It didn't work out for him. But well, I think... I mean, that's, that was kind of down to Pep, but that was kind of the reason why Pep... Yeah, well, that's philosophy. The, yeah, the Barcelona style of play and exactly. Zlatan didn't exactly sit in, so... Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's playing style and philosophy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I would personally see him as more of that, but then again, you know... The guys that are actually uh, in the know about this kind of stuff, are, you know, they know more than me. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, just before we finish, let's have a quick uh, look forward to this weekend. I've uh, league action. I have to say, um, not too many games jump out at me this weekend. There's obviously the Clasico is the big one, and I think that's the one that everybody's going to be watching. Um, yeah, don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the most exciting week. I mean, there's the Clasico, obviously, which which is is huge, and then. Um, and Sunday night there's Betis Betis versus Atletico Madrid so Atletico Madrid for second week in a row after travel to Seville and hope they can do better this week than last yep so yeah that'll be interesting to see they'll obviously they'll know the result as well of, of the Clasicos so yep. I don't know if that will relieve them of pressure probably add more pressure on regardless of the result yep yeah so. now they'll have a bit they'll have about 22 hours to kind of digest the 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 uh, the classical result and all that. One hand, you could say, well, they know what they have to do. I think that their objective has to be just to win every game now because it cannot slip up. That That's cushion it. is gone. I they mean, don't have the cushion anymore. Regardless of the result of El Clasico, they're only going to be at best ahead of someone on goal difference. At the very best, mm-hmm. they're, they're not before going into that game. So, Betis, yeah, it's not not an easy place to go. But um, they're a weird team, Betis. Yeah, uh, you just don't know what to make them this year. But um, recent form is actually better than Atletico. Three yeah. wins, one loss, one draw, uh, and Atletico have had two wins. Uh, just in the last five games, Atletico have had two wins, two draws, and one loss, I believe. Yeah. So it's like it's I don't know. Betis actually are the informed team going into this, which is a weird situation. 
for a team so far down the table comparatively with with the league yeah. leaders to be in a better <laughs> form. But that's just the kind of season that it's been, and you know it, it is. It, it brings you back to the to that Newcastle team in the nineties. You know, it's, it really is. It's been such an unbelievable collapse. Um, is there any any other game that, that stands out for you? It's not quite the weekend. It's it's actually on Monday. Celta against Sevilla. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. I just think it's a good game to watch. Um, I don't know. I I I watch a disproportionate amount of Celta. And I don't know why. <laughs> but I don't know. They're just kind of. I quite like them. Like since the new managers come in, I, I I just think they're quite exciting to watch. Under the last like two or three managers, I've watched them just because I have a soft spot for them. But it's been murder. Whereas I think you know under under the new manager, I think it's just been a bit more kind of um, exciting to watch them. And Sevilla chasing it. You know Sevilla like. We, yeah. sp- we spoke about this a, m- a month or so ago that you know you you could you could potentially have tipped them for third place now it might be a bit too f- far away from them but it's still still potentially I mean yeah. they, they win that game Barcelona Clasico they're two points behind Real Real is still kind of one eye of the Champions League it's I mean it's, it's definitely possible I wouldn't I wouldn't fit, I wouldn't back them to do it but it's, it's certainly not out of their reach they've definitely got the quality and you know for all that we were talking about how terrible um, Atletico were in in, in the first. 30 minutes for the first half and all that. Sevilla, got to give credit to them, they were absolutely brilliant and they, not exaggerating, they could have been a bit four up. They, they were they were that in command of the game and they didn't give up and yeah, just Jesus Navas, I'll never get tired of watching that guy. I'll never get tired of watching him. He's just, just so spectacular to watch. So just, in fact, for, for Navas alone, I recommend watching that. It's on Monday night so it's technically not this weekend but it's uh, it's on on Monday night. So yeah, probably probably recommend that one. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'd like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at Get Spanish Football News, and you can also visit our website at Get Football News Spain uh, for all the latest on what's happening in Spanish football. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Dodd. We'll Thank see you, you again Cheers in for me. no problem. We'll see you again in a week or two, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.